On today's episode of Lockdown Spartans, Michigan State gets blown out again. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Spartans. It is Monday, November 16th. The year is 2020. Basketball season is less than two weeks away. I am no, your host. No, no, stop. It's right now. I don't care. It's, it's basketball <laughs> season. Immediately, Will. I'm your host, Will Hunter, joined by my absolute clown of a co-host, Matt Sheehan. Hey, Matt. Uh, hey, Will. How you doing, bud? Good. I would also like to know, we're, we're both clowns. You and I. Like, I know we are. I know we are. We're in this together, bud. I know. About which part, though, is the thing? Like, there's a few things that we can take this. Like, is it the, the, the whole Rockies actually good thing? Is it the, oh, MSU is a spicy underdog against Indiana? Like, which, all what, of it. All what of it, makes all us of have it, a bigger red nose and bigger all shoes? All of it. <sighs> Every single bit of it is is all of it. Yeah, That's what great. I'm great. On today's show, uh, we're just going to kind of talk about that game. And I do have one interesting question, I think, for Matt that I want to yeah. sort of end the show with. But, you know, we're just going to recap where this team is and uh, what they are and kind of go from there. Talk about what happened, how exciting it was, a little quarterback controversy. Controversy? Uh, Is it controversy, though? We'll get, we'll we'll talk about it. No, we'll talk about it. Um, First, today's show brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKDOWN, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Order. Matt, are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Again, hey, again, rebuilding year, I, I don't really care that much. That's what I keep telling myself, even though, like, <laughs> this sucks, Will. God, my. Mm, okay. Nope. Sorry. Go on. Ready to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. You can find Locked On Spartans wherever you get your podcast. We do this every single day. Part of the Locked On yeah. Podcast Network. Your <laughs> team. Every right. single day, Matt. Do you love it? Are you just yeah, no, this, this is this is every day all right, Will. Yeah, you got that right, bud. Oh my god. <laughs> Where do you want to start? Because like I, I could start literally anywhere. I could start from the the defensive side. I, of the no, ball, no, 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 no. I got I got a, I got the starting point. I've been working on the starting point in my mind. I know Sorry, exactly where on. we're gonna start. You ready? Yeah? Crack is that up. a yes? Yeah, oh, you okay. kind of broke up Maybe. there, but I'm just gonna kind of just blindly follow wherever you're gonna lead me. Fantastic. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're rocking. All right. So last week, we were kind of wondering, a question of the week, if you will, Yeah. was what is this Michigan State team? Are they Rutgers, Michigan, Iowa, somewhere in between, right? What What is this team? Are they a bad team, mediocre? Are they actually okay, right? We, we kind of ran through it, and that was sort of a... A string that yeah. strung through the the theme of the week. Okay, right. I think we have an answer. Yeah. I think we don't have to be vague and be like, ah, you know, we'll see chaos. You never know. I think we have an answer. It's a Michigan game. Talk about it. Lean into it. Come on, <laughs> no, Matt. I think uh, I think we got a bad football team on our hands. This team's horrible, man. It's, and, and it's, yeah. it's not a good situation whatsoever. I, I know I'm not really giving up any mysteries here. This is just a unobjectively horrible 
team to not, not just team, but like why'd team you say unobjectively? Because I, I screw it up every time I try to say it, and objectively, unobjectively, not objectively. Object- this is objectively. I just I, it, it doesn't Wait. matter. It, however you want to slice it, it's just a horrible team. Subjectively, yeah. Objectively, fine. no. Subjectively, what do you, you got me confused? It's objectively. Yeah. The team sucks, Will. That's it's, it's, it's what we're trying to get at. It's, it's, it's not, it's, it, it sucks even more than my use of objectively, uh, clearly. it's No, man. I, They're not good. They're not good at all. 119th uh, in S&P offensive side of the ball. Uh, listen, it'd be one thing if like, oh, hey, this is the first or second year the offense hasn't been good. Well, this is like the third year in a row now. Um is okay. Can I have permission to like trot out a topic here uh, in, sure. in this segment? Yeah, Honeymoon no. phase back to being over, right? Like, can we agree on that? Well, and I know that that's a tough question. It was easy to say after Rutgers. I feel like it's tougher to say it now. But like, and here's where I'm coming from. I'm not coming from the oh, this is all horrible. Burn everything to the ground. Like it is horrible, but I'm not going to burn everything to the ground. My interpretation of this honeymoon phase conversation comes from, like, the fan base as a whole. Now, I don't want to say or even sound like that I'm touting myself as the best fan out there because, like, yeah, that, that's probably not true. I'm very critical of the team. Uh, but do you know what, Well, a, a big portion of this fan base and every fan base of every sport in the world has a large contingent of fair-weather fans. Mm-hmm. Fair-weather fans probably can't appreciate the sizzle on the stake anymore. They probably dealt with Rutgers. Okay, that was a bummer. You bounced back. Good win against Michigan. Well, they've scored one touchdown in the last two games. They've looked pretty bad against Iowa, who's not that great of a team. And then, honestly, probably could have beat Indiana if you just walk out with any sense of urgency, discipline, ball security possible. But you don't have that. So now here we are. Well, I'm, I'm texting my buddies that I always text with during games. No one's watching the game anymore. Like, they're, they're watching Masters. I had one buddy watching Netflix. Like, the, the Fairweather fan base is is dwindling. That's probably for the best. Honestly, that's what I'm saying, too. It's like, what reason do they have to watch? Like, the, the, the sizzle around this team, the whole new hire, it is gone within four weeks now. There's no rivalry game the rest of the season unless you think you're beating Ohio State, which I, if you keep it within 80, that's a moral win. But it, here we are now, four weeks in. It, it's an unwatchable team. The fan base is going to start being, oh, okay, well, it's basketball season. I, I'm starting mm-hmm. to wonder if you get 75,000 people in the seat for week one, should it all be open by then, for, for next week's or next week's next year's season opener like that this has really gone south really quick i get it's a rebuilding year there are some things that happen though that really don't have to do with the rebuilding year like energy for the game once again game in spartan stadium and yeah it, of course there's no fans there except for the parents and a few friends but it, they just look lifeless out there like no discipline in the football horrible penalties on kickoffs like horrible penalties all which way and that like it's just it's just a sloppy team, and it once again goes back to what we talked about after the week one game at Rutgers, is that everything we hear, it it's all for nothing. New culture. Oh, okay, great. New energy. Oh, yeah, no, they, they look really fired up. Ball security is job security. Oh, okay, yep, yeah, no, that's, that's a good one. Like, it, it's, it's the second time this season where they're, they're playing technically a home game. I shouldn't put too much weight into that, but it, it is once again a game where they go against everything that they have been preaching in the offseason. Yeah, it's rebuilding year. They need a lot of talent, a lot of positions, but man, a lot of the things that you see on Saturday, 
just doesn't really have to do with talent. It's just a dealing with discipline, preparation, energy. It's 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 horrible. And now you're going to get six people watching this Saturday's game if it's even played. So. Sorry, that was kind of a ranty tangent there, but yeah, I, I just no. think the honeymoon's over with a good portion of this fan base because Fairweather fans are a good portion of this fan base as they are every fan base. And like, what? Fairweather fan is good. Are you kidding? Who's going to watch the last two games and be like, do you know what I want to watch this Saturday? Let's watch the Spartans see if they can throw a ball 10 yards downfield and complete a pass. Let's let's see it. Like, no, it's it's, it's an unwatchable product. Of course, you and I will watch it. Like, A, we do it like kind of for a job, and B, like, we're just sick, probably fans. Everyone that listens to this podcast at this point... You're probably not part of the Fairweather fan base. You're probably a pretty sick individual who likes watching this team to a fault. But hey, that's that's all there is going to be left now. I mean, I, we're not even halfway through the season technically, and this is all that you have. It's it's an unwatchable product. It is for the third year in a row for the same reason of no offense. I get it's new players. I get it's new scheme. I get it's new coaching staff. But still, it's the same issue of zero offense once again this year, and it is driving me and every other fan probably crazy. Okay, all I'll let you talk now. I'm sorry. Yeah, all of what you said is totally fair and correct in a lot of ways. Yeah. But. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I think, and this is something we're not familiar with. We're not. Even when Michigan State has had kind of like bad years or during the D'Antonio, it, it, I shouldn't say we're not familiar with it. We haven't been familiar with it in a long time. Uh, I think this is just kind of what bad football teams that are kind of turning it over look like. And yeah, yeah, you say a lot of the things don't have to do with talent or a bad roster or anything like that. But I I think a lot of it does. Like I'm not naive, but like there's also a good contingent that doesn't. You know, you know who looks like they're giving bad effort because they, you know, because they they screw it up or whatever, put their head down. Someone who's bad at football, <laughs> you know, like hmm. when you're when you win, all the intangible stuff no one cares about, and it's something sure. that gets pointed at immediately. Energy, like oh, they didn't come out on fire. Like maybe they did, and they just kind of stink, you know. And I think uh, to a certain extent, like energy, emotion can overcome stuff, but like that stuff dies like three plays into a football game, especially when there's no fans. Right. Well, especially when you're turning the ball over three times in the first half, too. Like, that's one way to deflate the balloon that's on your sidelines. I mean, once again. Yeah, that and happens. that's like, that's a talent issue. That's a, it was the interceptions, if you want to be specific, and the fumble. Like, you have a 190 pound running back running up the middle, getting hit, who did a bad job securing the ball. Like, that is, yeah, that's like fundamental stuff, but it's also like ability, like the ability to like take care of the ball, uh, not blocking. Um, edge pressure so your quarterback compounds it by making a dumb mistake and throwing into pressure and getting hit and, and lofting a ball for anyone in the stadium to intercept not that, not anyone not not spartan players <laughs> that uh, was anyone that, but a green and white jersey where yeah that's i mean that's like a talent issue that's an execution issue that's not knowing your blocking assignments issue which is a scheme issue right and then the other stuff your quarterback not recognizing cover two like that's a preparation issue that's a talent issue like the mindset of quarterbacking is certainly part of the talent of quarterbacking like that's just and they all sort of blend together is my point and when you have a bad football team you don't execute you make sloppy plays you you're undisciplined you drop the ball you throw the ball to the other team you don't tackle 
correctly, you let a receiver break five tackles on a, on a screen to go 15 yards for a touch, right? You get what I'm saying? Like, that's that's yeah. the angle I'm just trying to bring here. It's like, yeah, all that stuff is annoying and frustrating, and I think we just haven't seen it in a long time. Because even 2016, like, they were bad, but they also were incredibly unlucky. Like, it was probably a 500 team, similar to 2017, or not 2017, similar to 2012, 28, like that type of team with, uh, you know, some bad luck and close games and turnover stuff. But, like, this team is just, like... And a fractured locker room, too. But that, that's Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. This team's just bad at football right now. They're, they have a bunch. They have mid-level Big Ten talent. Couple good players. Mid level. I would love mid level at this point. No, I, no, they. It is mid level. They just. It's like mid level Big Ten talent that is young, which doesn't help. Inex, like inexperience and, and young and inexperience a different thing, right? Even your quarterback, who's a redshirt junior, um, has like now six starts under his belt, right? That's he's not young, but he's inexperienced. They have young players. They have inexperienced players. They have absolutely no scheme familiarity or continuity at all. Like, none at all. Everyone's learning new stuff. And that's what happens. You have a team that's like, eh. If, like, the ceiling of this team is like, I don't know, fifth in the Big Ten if they had the same talent, right? But if scheme continuity and a little bit more experience and the good players were a little bit older and had been around a little bit longer, you know, it's it's not it's never going to be a great team, but they could be a solid team. But they're on like the opposite of that spectrum right now. They're they're one out of 10 in all that stuff. And so they, they don't have near enough talent to overcome that. And that's where they are. That's why they're a bad team. There's too many bad players, too many inexperienced players, too many young players, too many players, the entire team who aren't familiar with the schemes. Great. Great. Fantastic. Fantastic. We'll be right back to talk more about this. But first, word from Coors Light. (laughs) These days, it seems like life forces us (laughs) to be on all the time. But every now and then, it's important to stop and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for a cool, delicious Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment that is made to chill. Just because the Spartan games aren't worth watching, Matt, doesn't mean there aren't college football games worth watching going on. I tell you, the, the, the Coors Light during a Saturday night on ABC, not to get specific with the game, that mm-hmm. that was a nice taste in Coors Light, oh. gotta say. That took the edge off of the day. The, no petty, the petty Coors Light is a fantastic mm. Coors Light. 28-0 so. before your first completion from your Cam Newton 2.0 quarterback. Ooh, a tough scene. So, even if you can't stomach watching your Spartans, we hope you still do, because... You know, we could talk about that next. Why should they still watch? That's a good topic. Wow, okay. To challenge us. Wouldn't like uh, 10 hours of preparation watch, for that topic. Okay. Even if you're not going to watch Spartans, there's still plenty of good college football to, to go on this season, and that's always something to be celebrated and enjoyed, and you should enjoy it with a cold, delicious Coors Light right next to you. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged, man. It's literally made to chill, and you already know this, but I'm going to tell you again. It's Do as it. crisp. And refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Can you believe it? it? He went there. He went there, folks. He did it again. went there. Coors Light's the one we choose when we need to unwind. So when you hit the reset button, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right, Matt. Let me challenge you. Yeah, please. Give me a reason why someone should still watch this team. So it's the only reason it was worth watching. 
I'm having a hard time talking here. It was the only reason it was worth watching the second half on Saturday, too, just to see, like, how Thorne's going to do. And yeah. eventually seeing if he could complete a pass more than five yards downfield. But anyway, <laughs> no, it's like, it, it's kind of just to see the, the young. Guys, am I really selling this hard? I, You're this, doing a terrible job. Yeah, of course I am because the team's terrible. Well, what do you want me to do here? I don't know what. I don't know why people should watch. Uh, see if Thorne can complete more than fifty percent of his passes for more than one hundred and fifty yards next game. Ooh, let's see if the run game can surpass seventy-five yards this time. We'll keep on lowering that bar until they can hit it. One hundred fifty yards? Nope, can't do it. One hundred yards? Certainly can't do it. Seventy-five yards? Stay tuned to see if they can do it against the Terps. Oh. And maybe, ooh, stay tuned to see if the quarterbacks are still going to be seemingly playing prevent defense for the entire Saturday. My God, Fry Fogel just got another 10-yard speed out completed to him on his way to 900 yards. So, yeah, there's my three reasons that you should watch on Saturday. No, well, I don't know why anyone should watch. Like, that, that's the hardest part. Like, what... I'm, I'm, I'm talking to my friend, for example. Like, hey, oh, what are you doing watching the Masters? Oh, am I missing anything? No, not not really. No, sorry. Unless you want to watch Thorne go four and out here um, and watch the more run game, average one point seven yards per carry. Sure, yeah, go for it. Well, I'm sorry. I, it's it's very tough to play around here, but like I I, I don't really have a reason. Do, do you have a reason beyond just watching Thorne? Probably find a receiver that's one of the, a month's probably above average in the Big Ten. Do, do you have that or no? Because that's the craziest thing, too. It's like they have these three receivers. Are you going to let me talk? Play? Yeah. You know if you, that you pull out the uh, sack yardage, they had like over four yards per carry. <laughs> oh, great. That, that really reflected Thorne on the scoreboard. That, that was nice. <laughs> um, I'm just messing with you. No, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess you could be ex- – like everyone loves something new, right? Uh, especially with quarterback, and, and it's pretty clear. So, like, Rocky Lombardi, you, we've talked about it a ton. The first two games, uh, I don't know, I guess they were a mirage, or maybe that's just kind of like sometimes he's going to be really good. It's like either he's awesome or he sucks. <laughs> um, and so, but, but either way, either way. Yeah. Like, it was time to try something different. And there were so many people in the fan base who were clearly out on Rocky before the season even started. And a lot of them aren't just aren't going to get over like 2018, and that's fine. Like they don't have to. But a lot of fans wanted to see Peyton Thorne because just they they hadn't seen him fail yet. They had seen sure. Rocky fail a ton in 2018, and when you sort of see someone fail like that, you're like, I already know what this person is. I don't need to keep seeing it. And then the last two games made the point, made the entire case. Right? Okay, now it's Peyton Thorne's turn. Great. Haven't seen him yet exciting, been hearing things in practice, rips off a 38-yard run, boom, got your quarterback. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> for, for me, it's not like a let someone else fail thing. It was like what we talked about in the preseason. It was like if it's not working out with Rocky a few games in, just like just start building for the future, man. Like, Yeah, there, I mean... It, I, Rocky is who he is now. Like he, He's a guy that anytime there's pressure, you can assume that he's just going to throw the ball up to literally anyone and play a game of 500. Yeah, like, and it's going to fall into whoever's hands possible. Theo Day, it's, it's very clear that his time has come, his time has passed. Like He's been in the system for three years now. And yeah, sure, coaching well, staff changed too and whatnot. System. Yeah, okay, sorry. He's, he's been in the program, I yeah, should say, for go. three years. But at this point, if you're not the number two guy behind Rocky Lombardi, like... 
Oh my. Thorne, okay, you know what? He, he's not good, obviously, what happened on Saturday. Left a lot to be desired. But I'm going to give him a chance because uh, he's a redshirt freshman. Mm-hmm. The kid's got a lot of uh, wrinkles to iron out. So he's I'm like going to give him at least freshman. a time of day. He could be a redshirt. He's going to be a redshirt freshman next year. Right, yeah. It's, this uh, stuff's going to be weird how it all plays out. Um, yeah, I mean, Rocky is clearly someone who, when it's all good around him, when he's protected... Uh, when he's got clean pockets, when he's able to step into throws, like can look very competent. We've seen it all this year. Like we I saw hope him. A Big Ten quarterback would though. Yeah. I mean... Well, yes, you're right, but that's not always the case. I mean, no, of course <laughs> not. Right. We've we watched Andrew Maxwell play quarterback. We watched a lot of Tyler O'Connor. We, we've seen we've seen some guys who, regardless we've seen of circumstances, been scarred. Yeah. yeah. But, like, the Michigan game's a perfect example. He had time most of the game, made some absolutely incredible throws. And then um, missed some easy throws as well. It was kind of like, okay, there's some big plays there. He didn't turn it over. Missed some throws. That's that's kind of what you're hoping for. And yeah. then you've gotten the opposite of that. Like, just all of that without the big throws, without protection. And when we've talked about it, he is not just bad under pressure. Everyone's bad under pressure. He is a special Horrible. kind of bad under pressure Horrible. because he Horrible. doesn't know when to say no. Um so, yeah, he gets swapped out there, and, and, you know, I don't know, Peyton Thorne comes in. I guess he is a reason to continue to watch. It adds a different element to the offense. Um, you saw it, the very first play they called zone read, right? That was fun. Yeah, that, um, that was a good time. The, you know, quarterback run is going to be a, a new element, and that should, in theory, help the run game, which I don't know. Uh it's the the downfield passing game is going to be gone. I think we all sort of you realize that that's what you heard if you talk to anyone or are able to get in the insight. It's like yeah, Thorne is really a, a good athlete. He's quick. He's fast. He's smart. Makes good decisions. Um, knows the playbook. Like he's a good studier. You know, bodes well for the future. But can't throw the ball more than thirty yards downfield without it fluttering. So and I think we kind of saw all of that. <laughs> it is. 30 or 40 snaps, right? So I guess you can you could look at that and say, all right, does Jay Johnson, is he more comfortable with a, a quarterback like Peyton Thorne instead of Lombardi who they didn't run at all? You know, do we see some more zone reads? Does it change what it's going to change what the offense looks like? Does it become more effective, right? Can they all of a sudden now rush for four, five yards of carry because they have a mobile quarterback who very clearly can can rip off a 20, 30, 40-yard run, right? We, mm-hmm. we saw him do it. So that's something, I guess, to be intrigued by. I'm, I'm starting to – not starting to. I'm really – I've come around to your side of the Jay Johnson stuff. Uh, we can talk about more why later in the week, but it's just been yeah. – uh, the more we look back on it, the further away from we get from it, not just the performances in the Michigan game – but the game plan, the play calling, the attitude of the offense during the Michigan game, I think was kind of a mirage. Um, they yeah. they threw it deep like 14 times that game. And they've done it like four times in the last two games combined. It was It's just a totally different um, offensive uh, mindset, really, uh, from the passing game. And the run game has sort of stayed the same stagnant, really terrible thing. Um, so yeah, I, I guess that's a reason to watch to see what does the offense look like with Peyton Thorne. It's going to be a different offense. Can it sort of 
mold into something competent? Can they, I don't know, score two touchdowns in a game? Maybe. And, and then... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I would that's, also that's say, Perfect. <laughs> yeah, I would also say that, you know, the young receivers are still a reason to watch. Um, see if there can be some development there. Jordan Simmons, see if he can sort of start, like, can the kid put together a full game of like snaps? Can he have 15 carries for 80 yards, have an explosive run, right? Stuff like that. Can yeah, Julian right. Barnett figure it out? You know, there's just basically can the young guys do exciting things to make you feel good about the future? That's that's how I would sell it. Good job. We did a good job. As good as we possibly can, I think. Yeah. I, once again, you have to carry it for me there because I'm just cynical now. Like this is. Uh, I, yeah, it's OK. I do love this stat line. Eli Collins, three carries, five yards with a long of six. Yeah, absolutely incredible. Connor Hayward, five and a half yards per carry, Matt. Oh, what to do, baby? That's your bright spot. <laughs> All right, I'm going to ask Matt a pressing question in just a second. But first, a word from Built Bar. Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Ever. And boy, do we all need some Built Bars right now. The new and improved Built Bar formula is even more delicious. They've got 18 amazing flavors, including six new ones. Some of the favorites, Matt, caramel brownie cookies and cream, salted caramel toffee almond peanut butter brownie. Those are just a few of them. There's a ton of them. you got to go check it out, BuiltBar.com. These bars are all soft, easy to chew, covered in 100% chocolate, and they're not just delicious on your taste buds. They are delicious on your body. Delicious on the body. They are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber, like the coconut almond bar, Matt. Goes hard. Does. 18 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. That is impossible stats. Like, those <laughs> are the opposite of the Michigan State football offense stats. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKDOWN, and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKDOWN for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, Matt, I didn't ask you this question. We didn't prep for it in any way. Oh, one thing I did want to mention, mm-hmm. uh, I forgot to say in the last segment, uh, when hyping up why we should be excited to watch Peyton Thorne, it, it doesn't matter who's playing quarterback behind this offensive line. <laughs> Like that, I just want to make sure that is clear. Yeah. Okay. And you know, but, yeah, no, it's a like little... you know, I'm watching the, the Michigan Wisconsin game, and on the bottom line, they show like how Kentucky had like this great tribute to like their left guard, and they lined up without a left guard to start the game. It's like MSU's been doing that the whole season. Like, what? What's? Why don't they get any shine for for the same thing? But that's that's the one joke I wanted to pop off here, which go. is actually not Good really joke. a joke at all. Because God, this offensive it's been bad. The pass protection. It was great against Michigan and against Iowa. It broke down repeatedly, yeah. rushing four. It was like so much pressure with just four, and anytime that happens, yeah. I don't care who the hell is playing quarterback, it's going to be bad. And Indiana, the same thing, although with some more exotic looks, but like they still didn't bring a ton of blitzes, uh, and they were still getting after Lombardi, and then Thorne was running for his damn life the entire game yep. that he was in there. So, yeah, it doesn't really matter until that gets uh, sorted out. Anyway, here's yeah. a pressing question, Matt. Please. Chris Kapilovic, uh, time to start earning that salary. Uh, that's not the pressing question. Here's the pressing question. Okay. Who is in a better spot right now? 
What football program's in a better spot right now, your Michigan State Spartans or the University of Michigan Wolverines? Which program would you rather be right now? Michigan State. Why? Yeah, I, I don't think that's a green-tinted glasses answer. Um, one, uh, took the field on Saturday and had 28 points laid on them immediately. The other one had 24 points laid on them immediately. Uh, one of the teams, though, is in year six of a regime who total bankroll, uh, if you count up all the coaches over the last six years, has probably mm-hmm. made north of $60 million dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have one Florida Bonanza Bowl win uh, to their name. No wins against Ohio State. They don't do that great against Michigan State. Uh, no titles, national or even as little as a conference title. Um, division other, title. Not, not even a division title. Uh, the other one is in a rebuilding year. Um, and the other one, the year six uh, regime that we were talking about, well, I... I don't even know if like this is it for Harbaugh either. Like I could very well see him coming back, and if he's coming back next year, like, what? like yeah, they, they might be better than this year. But that's because a the bar is so on low on the floor for them. Like how could they be worse than they have in this year? I guess that's my only thing. I guess I have it at an A with no B. <laughs> but, yeah. Okay. It sounded like you were about to uh, go off as the kids going say. Going there. Yeah. Like, no. And, and, okay. Well, and I guess another thing is like. And I was going to save this for tomorrow for for Take Tuesday, but doesn't it kind of suck that MSU is in a moment with Penn State shooting themselves in the foot, kind of not having a great year, Michigan having an awful year, not just on the field, but seemingly off the field too. Like it just seems like as a whole from the outside looking in that that program is in shambles. Isn't it kind of a bummer that Michigan State is also in kind of such ruins that they can't really capitalize on this either? Like It's, It's a perfect year to be Indiana. It is exactly like this would be great to. I mean, I don't say like you have to be three and one this year, but like maybe not one and three with all three of those losses being pretty embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Like that, that'd be pretty nice. It goes back to what we talked about in segment one, like the sizzle. Like <laughs> I know it's a crappy cliche buzzword to use, but like that also sticks with recruits too, not just your Fairweather fans. Like what, what, what's going on with Michigan State? Yeah, they won the Paul Bunyan game. That was two weeks ago, and now that's very clearly that Michigan State just won a bum fight that night. Like I, it's still awesome. Don't get me wrong. As a fan, I love it. I will be touting that for the next year. It is fantastic and even more hilarious with every loss that MSU beat Michigan. If you're a recruit, though, if you're a four-star kid, who cares? I, I'm going to look at Notre Dame. They're a great team. They have been for the last five years. They're going to go to the college football playoff probably. Maybe look at Ohio State. I, Penn State can probably just say, oh, yeah, no, we'll bounce back. It's okay. It was a wonky year. We had uh, you know, Micah Parsons leave early for the draft. We had some COVID issues. Like, it, 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 So long story short, for your question, yes, I like the, the Michigan State situation better than I like the Michigan one, but wow, like I feel there could be a lot more taking advantage with what's going on in the whole grand scheme of things. But now, like, MSU is in such a bad shape that I, I don't really know how much advantage they could take with what's going on in the picture of the Big Ten East. Yeah. You can still, I think, the, the silver lining, the saving grace is you still are selling the rebuild, right? Yeah. And that's that's been the message. You're selling hope. Yeah. And selling hope uh, for new regimes against results is always – it's tough – but I think, you know, schools have done a good job in this. I think it's borne out over, you know, a first-year recru- recruiting class. For a coach who's a good recruiter, like, you can usually generate some excitement, some interest, 
get a little bump, get a nice class in your first full class because there's excitement around it. It's new, it's fresh. The, the, the possibilities for the future are there. You can go into living room and say, we're going to build this thing back up to the Big Ten Championship and you're going to be the reason why, right? Stuff like that. Sure. That's more appealing, I think, than Mark D'Antonio going in, hey, you know, we're seven and six back-to-back years, but we're going <laughs> to rebound, and you're going to, like, you know, there's, it's kind of like, yeah, I think that's run its course. And I think that Jim Harbaugh, if he does end up staying there, will run into some of that, and James Franklin might too if it gets really ugly there, although I would think, their ability to bounce back would be a little bit better than Michigan's. Just I don't know. I just have more faith in their program where they're at right now because they've actually won some big well, games. They've likewise, beaten Ohio yeah. State and they've won the Big Ten right. in the last few years. Uh, but I, I still think that's an appealing message right now. Is like yeah, recruit X, four star player. Like we are building it. We are reestablishing the culture. There's going to be road bumps along the way. We're not going to use that excuses as an excuse. We're going to keep building, whatever, whatever the message is. There, there's some appeal in that. And also, whoo, buddy, there's a lot of playing time available. Yeah, you got Ooh. that right. No, th- th- there's definitely some to that. And, like, <laughs> of course, you could say, like, oh, well, uh, true freshmen don't get a lot of playing time. If, if you've watched this team, yeah, yeah, you yeah, can. they do. Yeah, you can. <laughs> Yeah, there's a bunch of true freshmen playing right now, and uh, it's a good thing because uh, they're some of the more uh, impactful players. Yep. Yeah. So. So that yeah. Is, that, yeah, that's like the Ricky White game can really help. You sure. can look at someone and be like, "Look, if you want to come here, look what Ricky White did. He had 200 yards receiving and our big win on the season. That could be you. And yeah. you can, if you come here and you ball out, you're gonna play. It doesn't matter." Angelo Gross got a lot of spin last game, too. Yeah, yeah and I, I imagine now that he's gotten a start, like they'll continue to expand his role. So they're just going to keep you know, building around these younger parts. Maybe that's a good reason to watch. There are some redshirt and true freshmen that we haven't seen totally fail yet and are going to start getting more playing time as the season wears on yeah. that we can sort of get excited about, right? Yeah, Ricky right. White has another big game. We're all going to be right back in, like, oh hell yeah, this dude's going to be a monster, right? right and so. Jordan Simmons too is, is another guy, but yeah, it's times to be had. So yeah, like Michigan State is the better situation, but it's not as better as like it could possibly be. But to me, I mean, yep. that's just the pessimist in, in me yeah, talking right. because it's, uh, right. it's really hard to be optimistic after the last two weeks. That uh, that question came from AI, so thanks for he texted like me that. that. I was there like, that's go. a good question. I'm gonna use that on the podcast. All right, that's gonna do it for us here on Lockdown Spartans. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. We'll be back tomorrow with Take Tuesday, where uh, Matt's gonna ask a question about Jay Johnson and some other things. I don't know the offensive line, maybe. Uh, we'll figure. Yeah, it out. football team stuff. Yeah, football things. Uh, we should talk about basketball later in the week too. Maybe we'll see. We might not have a uh, football game this week, Matt. Yeah, we'll see. That whole thing. So we'll be tracking that. Along the way as well. Reminder to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. You can find Locked On Spartans wherever you get your podcasts. Matt, take us home. Go, Green.